As you're being seated, if you will, take your Bibles and find Acts chapter 2. We'll be there in a moment. I want to share this morning something that's very, very precious to my heart, very close to who I am and how I've grown over the years. Uh, It has to do with fellowship and being intentional about fellowship. But before I get into that, let me say that one of the great things about fellowship is sharing life with you, sharing life with the body of Christ. And I want to thank you again for the many ways that you've expressed your concerns uh, for me and my family. Uh, two quick things. Uh, Seth is home. Thank you, Lord, from another real strong bout in the uh, Scottish Rite Hospital, but we're encouraged there. And in just about um, an hour and ten minutes, uh, Michael will be preaching live two services in Washington for the first time since his brain surgery. So thank you for your prayers and your fellowship in those things with our, our kids. In, uh, in Acts chapter 2, this has been an important passage for us because, you see, and I don't know where I first heard this, but I've really bought into this over the years, that a great commitment to the great commandment and the great commission will grow a great church. The great commandment is you'll love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. The great commandment is we're going to go into all the world, and we're going to be teaching them and baptizing them and and instructing them and growing them as disciples. And a church that will dedicate themselves to this. This is who we are, and this is what we do. God will grow mightily. That's how he grew the church in Acts chapter 2. And so we find there in the second chapter of Acts, Five things they did intentionally. Five things they did purposefully. I mean, they worked on these things. They dedicated themselves to this. And that's why they are a model for every church to look at. First of all, they devoted themselves to intentionally sharing the gospel evangelism, sharing their story about how they came to faith in Christ. And as they did that, thousands came to faith in Christ. Since we've made a fresh commitment to that here at Ebenezer, uh, we've been seen more and more people come to faith in Christ. We've got uh, two brothers are going to be baptized in another week or so. Another one of our teenagers accepted Christ. We're just excited about what God continues to do as we're intentional about sharing the gospel. And then we saw that they were intentional about discipleship about taking that next step, about going to what was it that Jesus taught the apostles and how are they teaching us and how are we supposed to live? And so we realized that an intentional, purposeful pursuit of discipleship was something that we needed to really give ourselves to. And one of the things that we're, we're praying for and that our, our, our search team is working on is finding us a pastor that really is committed to disciple-making. He's a disciple himself, and he's committed to making disciples. And this is something that I've given my life to, especially the last uh, three decades. And God has just, just blessed so much there. So that was intentionality. Today we see intentional fellowship. So let's read in Acts chapter 2 and find with me verse 42 to begin with. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. Now, underline that word. That's the word you've probably heard before if you've been in church very much. That's koinonia, okay? That we, we translate that fellowship. That's a good translation for it. And now jump down to verse 44. And all who believed were together. Now, underline that. That's another form of that same word, koinonia. They were together, all right? And they held all things in common. Underline common. That's another Derivation of koinonia. 
And jump down to verse 46. So continuing daily with one accord, underline those two words, one accord, that's another koinonia word. It's, it's a different application of the same word. So what they did was intentional in all of these different ways of magnifying fellowship. Let's pray together. Holy Spirit, I just ask you to just descend on us in a very special way. Oh, how we love to worship you. Lord, thank you for the gift of song. Thank you that our spirits can soar to you. And may they, may they soar to you again as we ask you, Lord, teach us, explain to us what intentional fellowship is all about and how we can be engaged in that. Let it be so, Lord. We ask in Christ's name. Amen. Now, I have to tell you right off the bat that this, this word fellowship has fallen into kind of bad times, really, in, in our churches. Not that it's a negative thing, but we have pretty much reduced it to having something to do with eating. And Baptists, you know about us, okay, where two or three Baptists are gathered together, a chicken has got to die. That's, that's just reality of how stuff is, okay? We've kind of reduced the concept of fellowship to gathering together with, with, with friends or with people in our, our Bible study groups or within, uh, you know, our, our families or whatever the case may be. And this is good. This is good stuff. I'm not in any way saying there's anything wrong with that. But that just scratches the surface of what this rich word means and what the early church practiced, you know, we, many churches are trying to grow now around what they call affinity groups. So if you're into golfing, you know, there's a golfing affinity group. If you're into gardening, there's a gardening affinity group. And they're trying to grow their churches around things that people are interested in together. Well, that's also not a bad thing whatsoever. But that just scratches the surface of what fellowship is all about. You see, it are, is things we have in common... But it's so much deeper than that. Now, the early church didn't worry about defining fellowship because they were living it, all right? They were living it. So for us, we have to define it in order to live it, in order to understand what it was they were intentionally, purposely investing themselves in, and then we can do likewise. So that's what this is about. Now, I'm here to tell you this rich word is going to take more than one sermon out of me to really get it all across. But I want to hit some high points as we go. And what I'd like to do is introduce you what I like to call the five ships of fellowship. The five ships of fellowship. And as you see these, you'll see five very interesting facets of what fellowship is all about and how they all come together in the last one I'm going to share with you. So, let's take out your notes. You've got a place there if you can write some additional things. But the first ship in fellowship is relationship. Relationship. Koinonia is an important word to both Paul, the Apostle Paul, and the Apostle John. And in John's writings and Paul's writings, they use it over and over again. But listen, they never use it in terms of a secular sense about those guys who like to go fishing, you know, that they form a fellowship, or those women who like to, to sew, having a fellowship. No, they never use it that way. They always have a spiritual dimension to it. There is always a practical but spiritual aspect to their use of the Word. And we see it throughout the Scriptures. Here is what it deals with. Relationship starts with our relationship with God. Fellowship with one another 
is built off our relationship with God. So when you have a relationship with Him, that includes a relationship with others who have a relationship with Him. Okay, you got that? This is how this works. Relationship is the first ship of fellowship. So we are bound together because of our common relationship to Jesus Christ. I mean, what else would call us to get out of bed on a Sunday morning and come into a gathering like this from all different walks of life, uh, backgrounds and everything else? You know, why would we do this? We have a common relationship with God. We're in love with Jesus Christ. And that commonality is what brings us together to sing, to worship, to study the Word, to encourage one another. All of those things that happen flow out of relationship. So listen, fellowship starts with relationship, and that is exclusive to the body of Christ. Okay? You can have affinity groups outside of church, but you can't have fellowship. Because fellowship, biblical fellowship, is rooted in a relationship with Jesus Christ. And wherever you go, you find that in common. And that's an amazing, amazing thing. That is a common relationship with Jesus Christ binds us to one another. I was sharing with a friend of mine uh, uh, here some time ago, and and he uh, had the opportunity to travel to South Korea. And he was over there for, uh, for about a month, uh, doing about his business and everything. And occasionally he would run into somebody who would speak English, but mostly everybody was speaking Korean. Imagine that, okay? Speaking Korean. And so he was in a group at one point, and as he was listening, he couldn't understand what they were saying, but he picked up the name Jesus. He heard that, and it registered. And so when he heard the word Jesus, he spoke up and he said, Amen. And those Koreans, they looked at one another for a moment. One of them smiled and stood up and said, Hallelujah. That's a universal word. To which he said again, Amen. He's running out of words everybody would know. (laughs) But there was an affinity. There was a connection across language and cultural barriers. What was that connection? It was the relationship with Jesus Christ. And they could celebrate that together because that was their unity. Now, folks, fellowship begins with relationship. Relationship with Jesus Christ. That's something we all share in common. If you're a believer here today, if you've never made a commitment to Christ, I understand you can't really grasp that. But if you have, you understand there is a a, a unity, there is a family sense with any other person that's in love with Jesus, wherever you go. But it's that common relationship that brings us together. Now listen to me very carefully. If you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, then you have a relationship with me. Because I have a relationship with Jesus Christ. There is a brotherhood. There is a sisterhood. There is a family sense to where when we have this vertical relationship, it impacts the horizontal relationship. And because God loves you so much, there's a natural love and affection that flows from me to you and you to me. Because that's how fellowship works. It starts with relationship. Relationship with Jesus Christ. And then what flows out of that is our relationship with one another because of the relationship with Jesus Christ. 
Now, I want to stop for a moment. Each time when I mention one of these ships, I want to pause and ask you a couple of questions, not for you to answer me. But they're questions the Lord has put on my heart that He wants to ask you this morning. And your answer is between you and God, not, not you and me. But as we look at each of these ships, there are things that God wants us to be intentional about. And so what's our intentionality? Okay, here it is. Am I experiencing a dynamic, day-to-day relationship with God? Do I have a growing relationship with God? Second question is right behind that. Because of this growing relationship I have with God, am I growing in my relationship with brothers and sisters in Christ? You see, God never intended for you to be a lone ranger. Now, I said that at the early service and everybody knew what it meant. But around here, there's some people that's never watched a lone ranger, and I'm sorry. They're still out there. You can find them. But a lone ranger, someone goes out here all by themselves. Now, now we have... We still have that in, in the church today. These are our missionaries. And, and uh, I'm, I'm so glad to have you know, Noah and Vicki Lee with us here to, oh, one more time. But such a wonderful time Wednesday night that we had as we commissioned them. But they're going to the Solomon Islands. Now, there'll be other believers there. But they're, they're out there, just a small group of believers that are encouraging one another, interpreting the Word of God in these various languages. The, the Bible knows something about individual lone rangers that go out in missionary work and such as that. But by and large, and even they've got somebody holding the ropes back home. They're part of community. But we were meant to live life in relationship with one another. Not solos out there all by ourselves. We're built to be in community. So fellowship begins with relationship. Am I in relationship, a growing relationship with brothers and sisters in Christ? Am I engaged studying the Bible with brothers and sisters in Christ? Am I engaged in a a one-on-one relationship with somebody who's mentoring or encouraging me in my spiritual growth? Relationship. The second ship is partnership. Partnership. Many times where word koinonia and other similar words are used in the Bible, it has to do with actual partnering together. Uh, it, it's used of, of Peter and Andrew with James and John, and, and they had a partnership in the fishing industry. Uh, Paul used it when he spoke specifically of Titus and also of Philemon, that they were partners in the ministry. The scripture talks about, uh, well, partnership, that koinonia is, is uh, defined as partnership in some of the scriptures because there is this dynamic. Not only are we living in relationship with Jesus Christ, watch me, we're engaged in his worldwide enterprise. We are partners together in this. We're engaged together in bringing glory to God by bringing people to faith in Jesus Christ, growing them in our most holy faith to maturity, and then engaging them in leading others to faith in Christ. This is the family business. 
Now, some of you understand family business. You're engaged in a family business, maybe. You're working, uh, you know, with your, your uh, moms or dads or kids or uncles, or whatever you know in your family business. In the church, we have a family business. And we're all partners, equal partners in this endeavor. And what is it? It's seeing people come to faith in Christ and grow in our most holy faith. That's our partnership. That's why we're here. You see, when you have a business, you have a purpose, okay? If you're a contractor, that purpose is to build homes or whatever it is that you're building. If you're a teacher, your purpose is to educate. When you're in a partnership, there's a purpose. And here at Ebenezer, our purpose is to win people to faith in Jesus Christ, to grow them up in our faith, and then reintegrate them into the community to where they can do it all over again. That, that's our partnership. And each and every one of us are equal partners in it. You see, the relationship talks about our community, but our partnership talks about our enterprise, what it is that we are doing. And the object is to glorify God to promote the gospel and build people up. And it's because we are not only partakers of Christ, we're partners with Christ. And so see how it grows out of this relationship? The first ship has to do with relationship, and the second has to do with partnership. Relationship is who we are. Partnership is what we do. And these two go together in defining what fellowship is all about. All of us who share the life of Christ... And remember, we talked about it a couple weeks ago with Galatians 2.20, that he is living his supernatural life in and through us. All of us who are doing that are called of God to be in partnership with him and with one another. So that's what fellowship is about, relationship and partnership. So, okay, let's ask some tough questions. Are you ready? How am I partnering with other believers here at Ebenezer Baptist Church with what God is doing in Tacoa and Stevens County and around the world. How am I partnering with the other people here at Ebenezer Baptist Church for bringing glory to God and seeing a community and a world introduced to Jesus Christ? How am I partnering? How am I partnering with Ebenezer to reach folks right here in our area that are hurting, helpless, hopeless? We're not made to do this by ourselves, but we're to do it in partnership. So we become, we become concerned about somebody, and we're praying for that individual. And then we get them put on, on, here's our one list, okay? And we have others praying along with them. And so then we encourage that person to come with us to one of our worship or, or activities or whatever, bring them. And see, we've all been praying about that individual. And when they get here, what do we do? We, we lay the love on them. We, we lay the encouragement on them. We let them know how welcome that they are. And together as this family, we surround them with our love and concern. And that becomes magnetic. That draws them, not so much to us, but to Christ in us. And we partner together to see them come to faith and be baptized and grow in their discipleship. 
partnering together. That's who we are and what we're doing. All right. Relationship, partnership. The third ship is companionship. Companionship. Write that down. Companionship. Well, now, now, what is that? Isn't that the same thing? No, it's not. Because companionship has to do with communication. It has to do with talking. It has to do with sharing. Sharing our needs. Sharing our hopes and dreams. Sharing our successes. Sharing our failures. Sharing our needs. But we have to do that verbally, physically. We have to share and communicate what's going on. Because again, we're not designed to be an island. We're, we're designed to go through life and to face life struggles together. Not, not all by ourselves. Let me, let me tell you, I've got a whole series of these, but games church members play with their pastor. Maybe you hadn't realized that, but they're games church members play with their pastor. And one of the games that church members play is, can I get seriously sick or in the hospital and get back home before my pastor knows about it? That's a serious game. And some people take it very seriously. Because if they can get seriously sick or in the hospital and back home before the pastor knows about it, then they've got a reason to gripe. Well, he never called me, he never contacted me, and I was at death's door with my ingrown toenail. And, you know, this is games that, that church members play with their pastors. And, and it happens, I want you to know that. But there are some that don't really see it as a game. They see themselves as suffering alone. Let me tell you what hurt does. Let me tell you what depression does. It isolates you all alone. And when you're hurting, and when you're deeply depressed, you don't think anybody cares, or that anybody cares to care. And it's one of Satan's greatest tools to isolate you and destroy you. And he can and he will. But you weren't made to go through it alone. Rather than playing the games of get in and get out. No, you, you let the pastor and the deacons and the small group leaders know, hey, I'm facing this surgery, or I've got this pain in my life, or I've got this hurt, or this disappointment, or whatever. I've got this need. And you share it. And then we rally together to meet that need. That's the uniqueness of Christian fellowship. And the companionship communicates that, and it pulls us together in that tight-knit group to where here we love one another and we let it show. Not just with a handshake and a pat on the back, but how can I engage with you? You're, you're hurting about that, that child that has turned so far away from God. You weren't designed to bear that alone. You were designed to bear that in the community of faith. Because you see, out of your relationship with God and your partnership with others within the church, you can communicate, this is what's happening with me. And that companionship takes that to heart. And we bear one another's burdens, just like the Bible tells us to. Companionship. That's the third ship. 
Got to face some tough questions. You ready? Am I intentionally communicating my hurts or my failures or my victories, my goals, with brothers and sisters in Christ? Am I intentionally communicating my care and concern to others who are hurting? Are you being intentional about your companionship? Oh, that's the pastor's job. That's the deacon's job. That's the small group leader's job. No. We are partners together and companions together. When, when you look at Acts chapter 2 and see how the needs were being met there, it wasn't done by the ordained clergy. It was done by the rank and file membership of the church. And this is the church being the church at its very best. Relationship, partnership, companionship, next ship is stewardship. Stewardship. Now, you know, a steward is not the owner of anything. A steward manages something for somebody else. There's a whole occupation around this. Maybe, maybe you're engaged in some of this, but you manage property for somebody else. You, you manage it by seeing that it's well taken care of, the grass is cut, you rent it out, you check on it, be sure it's, it's not being abused. Or maybe you're, maybe you're into the financial world. Maybe you're into the investment world and you take somebody else's money and, and you know, within their constraints, you, you invest it and you see to it that that money is growing and that it's, it's earning more money. You're managing somebody else's stuff. Did you know that everything that you count as yours is only yours because God gave it to you on loan? Everything. Your home, your vehicle, your savings account, your <clears throat> retirement account. That's God's. And He's given it to you to manage. But in what capacity are you to manage that? in fellowship, in your relationship with Him, in your relationship with one another, as your companions around you are sharing concerns. And if you have resources, whether it's your time, or whether it's your unique God-given abilities and gifts, or whether it's some of the financials, you, you have the means. Our church has the means to help meet incredible needs in our community. And even within our church family. But we're stewards of this. We are partners with Christ. Now let me tell you, would you like to enter into this partnership? A partnership where one person uh, takes all of the proceeds and all of the fame while you do all the work and you put up all the money. Would you enter into that kind of partnership? Probably not. <laughs> Wouldn't be the least bit interested in it. And yet we see that many times in what we call the church today. They're quite satisfied to let somebody else do the work, let somebody else make the investments, and we just sit here and reap all the benefits. That's not stewardship. That's not partnership. That's being a consumer. And that's something you won't find in the Word of God. We're not consumers. 
we invest our very lives in the enterprise that is the body of Christ. We're not owners. We're stewards. Even of the time I spend with you on Sunday mornings and throughout the week of us in smaller groups. I'm a steward of that. To be sure that you receive what God has put on my heart. This is what's next. I got to listen. I got to spend time digging into that. And then I got to live it out before I've got anything I can communicate. You see? Stewardship. Let's, let's talk stewardship a moment. How am I acting as a good steward? Investing my God given gifts and abilities my valuable time and my resources into the partnership of Ebenezer Baptist Church. How am I doing that? You don't answer me. You answer God. How am I intentionally acting as a good steward of the gospel of Jesus Christ? Sharing it with people who don't know. And sharing my story about how God's blessed my heart. God, how am I doing in my stewardship? So fellowship, when you boil it down, you find these four. It's relationship, grows out of our relationship with God that causes a relationship with others. And out of that, we have a partnership that we're engaged together in seeing people come to faith in Christ and grow in our faith. And, and that ha- this happens internally as we are companions with one another. And we share together in our common hearts as well as our common successes. Because we are good stewards of all God has given us to where we can do this together. Now if you take these four and put them in a pot and stir it up real good, what comes out is the fifth ship. Are you ready for it? It's membership. Membership. That's the fifth one, a great, great Bible word. Baptists did not invent that, okay? It's a good Bible word. Listen, I want to read a couple of passages over you. Romans chapter 12, verses 4 and 5. For as we have many members in one body, meaning our physical body, we have hands and feet and noses, okay? As we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function, so we being many are one body in Christ, And individually, we are members of one another. Paul Paul saw the church as a physical body. And and as a physical body, there was head and there was hands and there was feet. And, And each one of them had a unique role. A role to play together. And as they coordinated together, the body of Christ was healthy and would be performing its purpose. So each and every one of us are a part of the body of Christ. Now, I don't know what part you are. You know, you may be a hand, you may be a foot, you may be a kneecap. A friend of mine has been working for years trying to figure out what his role is in the church. He said, I think I'm the armpit in the body of Christ. (laughs) Well, you're in the body. Get over it, okay, and wash more often. The fact of the matter is we each have a part to play. We each have a role in this. Then, 
Ephesians chapter 2 in verse 19 says this, Now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. That's another word of saying families. We're members of a family together. Together. And, and some of us really enjoy that. Others are kind of trying to figure all of this out. We're at different places. That's all right. But we're members of this family together. And finally, from Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 20. We are members of his body and of his flesh and bones. That's about as, as personal and physical and material as you can get, isn't it? We literally make up Christ's body here on this hillside for all of Tacoa and Stevens County to see. And from what we do here, we reach all the way around the world. Because we're members of one another. Now, again, sadly to say in Baptist circles, in church circles as a matter of fact, membership has also fallen on bad times. Because you see, people would do anything to keep from joining anything. They just don't want to commit to anything. Have you found that true? Uh, whether it's a, a civic organization, or whether it's, you know, Getting a library book, I mean, a library pass for the, for the library. Pe people are reluctant to commit to anything. Let, let me just come and let me watch and let me see what's going on and, and let me be a consumer. You, 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 you feel me. You minister to me. You do all this good stuff. And, and I'll just sit here and, and I'll just watch. And we've got a lot of watchers and thank God for each and every one of them. But there is a next step that's essential here. Because God calls us to complete the fellowship ships out of our relationship with Him and our partnership with one another. Out of our companionship in the body of Christ and our stewardship, we have to get on board and say, I want to be a part of the body of Christ here. This is a critical next step that many people need to take. Let me go back Valeria and I dated for three years before we were married. And I love the Purser clan, and uh, they, they took me in uh, very, very early in our relationship. And we had a, a, a great time of sharing with, uh, with them. And, and, and they included me. They included me in some fishing trips and some barbecues and other things that we went and did. And, and, and it was fun to be there, and they accepted me. But I was never asked whether or not dad needed to go to the hospital. I was never asked how they would invest their money. I was never asked the intimate, integral questions because I, I was a visitor in that home. But then the time came that I married Valeria. Well, I married the Purser clan in the process too. And then I was a part of that family. And yes, we dealt with whether or not dad was taking his medications right. And I was in the middle of that. And investments of the things that we were doing and how we were going to spend our time. Why? Because I was a part of that family then. And mom turned to me so many times that we could talk through difficulties. I call her mom, okay, because I, I didn't have one that was really good to get along with. But she, she was mom to me. Because I had married into the family. 
I had made a decision. Hey, I'm not only in love with Valeria, I'm in love with this whole clan. Some of you are in love with Jesus, but you haven't fallen in love with his family enough yet. Not enough to marry. And it's time for marriage. It's time to make some big decisions. Because that's the next step a lot of folks need to make that are here today. You've been benefiting from the relationship. Maybe you, maybe you came to Christ right here. Well, for, through one of our ministries. And, and you enjoy partnering with things we do. And you share your concerns and others' concerns. And you give. Well, why would you not commit to be a part of the family? To put down roots here. You know what membership at Ebenezer means? It means you can count on me. You can count on me to be there every time I possibly can. You can count on me to help in every way I possibly can. You can count on me to support in every way I possibly can. You can count on me. A question for some here today is, can we count on you? Here's the tough question. Am I connecting with this church as a family? Am I willing to commit to be a part of this, part of the enterprise of God? Am I willing to sail in all five of these ships? You say, well, Brother Fred, that sounds like a good idea, but I don't even know where to begin with that. Well, you can come and talk to me or one of other ministers or staff. After we close out, you go through those double doors back there and talk to some of our folks back in the Connection Center. They can tell you all about that. Oh, my goodness, you can even go online and start the process online. Do you know that? There's a place on our, our website that you can go in, and it's, it's about membership. And you can sign up and say, I want to know more about membership and start the process. There's all kinds of avenues. But the time has come to make some decisions. God's asked us a series of questions today. You don't answer to me. How are you answering to him? Will you bow your heads and let's do business with God? Father, as we come before you, we have to admit that we just, we've just scratched the surface of fellowship. But oh, how we want to go deeper. Even those who've been longtime members here. We want to go deeper in our relationship with you and deeper in our relationship with one another. We want to develop and fine-tune this partnership that you've called us to be about. We want to experience the companionship of sharing joys and successes and sadness and sorrow and sharing it all because we're part of a family and pooling together our God-given gifts and abilities and resources to meet needs and love one another. Because, Lord, what you promised was that this world will know that we're believers because of our love for one another. And this is where we start. So, Holy Spirit, you've asked us some questions today that nobody can answer but us. And we don't answer them to anybody but you. But as we answer you, it's time to do business with you.
So, Father, if there's anyone here, they've been considering this thing of membership for a while. Will you encourage them to come and, and talk to me or one of our ministers or staff right after the conclusion? Or, or go back in our connection center. I think, I think Cindy's back there and some others. Well, if we need to think about that and pray about it a little bit longer, Lord, let us start that online in the website. But Father, you're the same way you call us to you to be saved, you call us into your fellowship. Maybe today's that day. You speak, we'll listen, and we will obey. And that's our prayer in Christ's name. Amen.